Hallelujah. 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 Ain't God good? Ain't God good? Through the rain and through the pain, our God is good. <laughs> our God is good. And so today I want us to understand God's compassion and God's mercy. I can really sum this up um, with the fact that we're here this morning. With the fact that we're here this morning. The fact that we are witnesses to his mercies being new, what? Every morning. And I know I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful. Do I have any other grateful folk? Amen. 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 You know, that alone tells me how much God loves me. That alone tells me that God has purpose for my life. Understand, God has plans for us even in this suffering and struggling world, church. That alone leads me to respond to God's love for me. Because it could have been another way. It could have been another way. Whatever you're suffering from this morning, understand that your sufferings are not greater than your strength in Jesus Christ. It's not. Whatever it may be, it's not. Because he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. Regardless of our struggles, regardless of our suffering, church. And we all go through it. We all go through it. Some minor, some major. But we live in a suffering world. And we can't escape it. We can't escape it. So whatever you're suffering this morning, know that that is not greater than, than your strength in Jesus Christ. Amen? Because if, if God doesn't do anything else, if he doesn't do anything else for me, and I don't know about you, he doesn't have to do anything um, other than that. He's done enough. He's done enough. He has blessed me with life. He has blessed me with life. And sometimes we take that life for granted. I didn't hear a lot of amens on that one. We want more than just life, right? But he ha doesn't have to. He doesn't have to. He's blessed me enough, and I'm grateful for life. If this was my last day on earth to stand before you, what can I say? But thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Understanding God's compassion and, and his mercy is to know God. It's to know God's love for you. And to know God's love for you is to respond to God's love for you. God's love for you is God's calling of you. God's love for you is his calling, church, of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. His love for you is his calling of you. You. Mm. 
Last week, we saw how God was rich in his kindness towards us, his, his, his long-suffering and his patience towards us, church. And, and these attributes of God, along with his compassion and mercy, if we play, pay close attention, it will show us the heart of our Holy Father. And sometimes we, we tend to think of our, our, our Father as a stern Father, right? Which He is, because our Father only wants the best for His children. But also, God has a heart and an admiration for all people. All people. God's heart for all people, for all sinners, no matter the sin, is, is that no one should spend eternity separated from him in hell. God doesn't want that. No matter how terrible you may think you are, no matter how, how troubled you may think you are, God doesn't want you in hell. He doesn't want you in hell. God is always willing, willing to lead that 99 and search out that lost one. He's always willing, always willing. And I want us to see that through his, his compassion and his, and his mercy, which are intertwined, church. Because mercy is the fruit of compassion. Mercy is the fruit of compassion. Mercy and, and, and compassion are the expressions of God's heart towards us, towards us. Mercy is a gift given to someone who is in distress or who is suffering. Has anyone ever called out for God's mercy in their suffering? Many probably this morning, right? Many this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In a, in a legal sense, Mercy Church often refers to uh, a compassionate, the compassionate behavior from someone who's in power, in power, such as a as a judge, as a as a as a judge who shows clemency or leniency or shows mercy in sentencing. The the law can say uh, twenty five years for this crime. But the judge shows mercy and says, I'm only going to give you 10. That's mercy. The gift of mercy, church, is given by someone who is acting with compassion. See, compassion is more than feeling concerned about someone who's in distress or someone who's suffering. As James says, what what good is it for me to see my brother or sister lacking and say, go be in peace when you see your need? You know, we, when we see someone uh, suffering from homelessness or, or hunger, our compassion uh, leads us to, to give that person a place to stay or give them some food to eat. Um, it may temporarily relieve that person's suffering. It is something grateful. Something grateful. Compassion is to recognize the suffering 
of others and then take action to help, church. Compassion is to recognize the suffering of others and take action to help. And that action that is associated with compassion is one of mercy, is one of mercy. When compassion acts to alleviate suffering, it becomes, church, mercy. Mercy. See, Jesus' whole ministry could be summed up in this one word. Jesus, Jesus felt compassion towards those who were suffering, who were suffering. Listen to these examples of the gospel. In Mark 1.40, the leper man begged Jesus to make him clean, to make him clean. Jesus was moved by compassion. He reached out and touched the man, healing his leprosy, relieving him of his suffering. In Matthew 20, the two blind men of Galilee called out to Jesus to have mercy on them. Jesus, moved by compassion, touched the eyes, hallelujah, of the two blind men, restoring their sight, healing them from their suffering. Also, Matthew 17, a man came up to Jesus and kneeling before him said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he has seizures and he suffers terribly. Jesus' response to the man's son was one of mercy, church. Jesus' compassion prompted him to act. Jesus mercifully heals and restores the, son, the man's son of his suffering. Jesus moved by compassion, led him to show mercy. Jesus led by compassion, alleviated the boy's suffering, church. It's a condition of one's heart. And that is the heart of the Lord our God towards us. God wants to alleviate our suffering. If there's anyone in here today that is suffering from sin, God wants to lighten that burden. He wants to lighten that burden. God doesn't want you to add to the suffering that's already in this world. He wants you to hand that sin over to him and lighten that burden of suffering because we have enough suffering in this world. Mercy Church appears in our Bible as it relates to forgiveness or withholding punishment. But church, God's mercy, as we saw, goes beyond forgiveness. It goes beyond God withholding punishment from us. It shows his compassion and mercy for those who are in distress, those who are suffering. God's compassion and mercy is more than 
forgiven us uh, for sin. It's, it's more than just withholding punishment that we so deserve. Do you know that we were born in a state of suffering because of sin? As a result of the original sin of disobedience, our human nature is weakened. It's weakened. And we are subject to physical death, to ignorance, and to suffering greatly, church, greatly. God declared because of sin of Adam and Eve that basically mankind would be born into a suffering world, a suffering world. And to understand why we were born into a suffering world, we must go back to the beginning. We must go back to the beginning, and and we must see the, the God of compassion and the God of mercy. I want us to read through Genesis 3, uh, 16 through 19 this morning. And I don't know if you know this, church, but um, these last few weeks, we've been discussing everything that we have been discussing has led us back to the beginning, has led us back to Genesis. You know, uh, if we really desire to know God, to know the heart of God uh, uh, or or what God says about our hearts needs to be changed or or why he wants us to live by his word and be led by his spirit, we must go back to the beginning. We must go back to the beginning. See, the struggle to, to the end, church, will be even harder if we don't know the beginning. If we don't know the beginning. uh, God says that he is the beginning and the end of all things, all things. I believe in order for us to live the life as God desires through Christ, we must uh, know why we need a Savior. We must understand why I decided to accept Christ as my Lord and Savior. You know, it has become tough to find anyone who says they're not saved. To find anyone who says they are not saved. It has become a little challenging. See, a lot of people have said they received Jesus Christ in their life as as Lord and Savior, and, and they can't tell you why. They can't tell you why they received Christ as Lord and Savior. They think they need saving from the sin of last year or the sin of last night. You know, they come in and say a prayer and receive that forgiveness and and go back to their regular lives. Not even knowing their true condition. Not even knowing their true nature, church. They don't understand it. They don't understand why God wants all people, all people, to be saved, all men and women, to be saved. So the Holy Spirit can transform our hearts. And that in turn will transform our lives. A lot of people don't take the time to understand that. 
Those who don't take the time to know God and, and to know God's word, it's hard for them to understand what they see in this world. It's hard for them to understand the, the, the suffering, the struggles of this world, church. They don't understand the conflict. They don't understand the chaos, the suffering, or why there may be suffering in their own life. The only way you're going to find that is in the word of God and through God himself. But we must go back to the beginning to learn of the God of compassion and the God of mercy. Why we're in this suffering world. Why we are blessed to be in this suffering world. Genesis 3:16 through 19. To the woman, he said, God, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall, you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. And to Adam, he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of. Curse. Is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread. Till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. The punishment, the punishment placed on man and woman as well as sin effect on our, on, on nature was meant to remind people of the suffering cost of sin. The suffering cost of sin. When we understand the suffering uh, uh, that sin has brought into this world, we would return back to God for deliverance. If we understand the suffering that sin has brought in this world, we will return to God for deliverance. Sin brought a painful conflict and, and power struggle into this world, church, as well into our own homes. When God speaks of her desire, Speaking of Eve's desire to, to rule over her husband, but he shall rule over her. It's not a statement of God's original idea. It was not God's idea that either man or woman be dominant over one another. But as a result, as a result of the fall of humanity brought forth the arguing, the fussing of man and woman, over who to be first place in the home. Man no longer rules easily. Man no longer rules easily. He must fight for his headship now. He must fight for his headship. Sin has corrupted the submission of the wife and the loving headship of the husband. The woman's desire, church, is now to control her husband. 
and he is trying to master over her if he can. So the rule of love is replaced by struggle, domination, and selfishness. The context is one of pain, one of conflict, one of confusion, chaos, and suffering in a marriage. And the children suffer as well. It's the suffering cost of sin, church. The conflict between the seed of the woman and the, and the seed of the snake, the good and evil, the pain and suffering of man. God said the man will produce food to eat through painful toll, painful labor. Adam worked before the fall in the garden was one of, one of joy. It was, it was one of delight. Now work for man has a curse element to it. Man will have to work until he returns from which he came, the dust. The dust. Many cases, man has to work extremely hard with pain and weariness. As Job said, as a, as a servant who desires shade, <laughs> and like a hired man who eagerly looks for his wages, the suffering cost, church, of sin. And God said, the woman, the woman will experience pain in childbirth, painful labor, many sorrows for the woman. The curse, though, is not only in childbirth. It's in life in general for the woman. And we see the many sorrows for women all over this world. The suffering cost of sin, church. And we all now experience hardship, struggle, conflict, and suffering, born, born a life in the flesh. And not by our own doing. We inherited this sin nature. We inherited it. And I think if all people come to grips with, with that fact that we deserve it, we deserve it. But if we don't come to understand our human nature outside of Jesus, if we don't come to understand our, our heart outside of Jesus that is, that is dark and that our, our, our human nature is evil, in our suffering, church, we will think that God has forsaken us. We will think that God has forsaken us. But by God's own standards, we must understand that we deserve the punishment. We deserve the punishment. The irony of this narrative is hard to miss because the first man and the first woman disobeyed God and ate of what was forbidden. Just like us. It's just like we disobeyed God and ate of what was forbidden. It's no different. Because we are suffering the cost of sin, church. We are. There are many people that's naive about the suffering in this world. Many people that are naive about the suffering that is going on in their own lives. There are people suffering today and questioning God. Why? 
Why, God, am I suffering? Because they don't know God, and they don't know his word. So they think that God has cursed the earth and cursed us. But God didn't curse the earth, or did he curse us? Sin and rebellion cursed the earth and cursed us along with it. That nature that is deep down in us is the curse. That is the curse. So many people don't know who they are. They only think that they are born of their mother and their father. They don't know that their parents and their, their grandparents and so on has the same sinful nature as Adam and Eve. Same sinful rebellion nature as Adam and Eve. So that dark heart is within us all. It's within us all. They don't understand the conflict, church, within their own lives, within their minds, their bodies to make uh, correct decisions, correct choices. They don't understand it. Paul tells us in Ephesians, for I do not understand my own actions. I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing that I hate, which is sin. Speaking of sin, our minds suffer in conflict, church, because of sin. People don't understand that, that the suffering of our bodies is because of sin. Physically, sin causes internal conflict between us and God, leading to health issues, taking its toll on our bodies. Sin causes stress. Stress leads to illness. Illness leads to physical death. Sin brought sickness and, and disease and physical death into our bodies. So our health suffers because of sin. We have conflict in all our relationships. Husband against wife, wife against husband. Children against parents. Parents against children. Friendships torn by envy and jealousy. Because of the sin that lives in our heart, church. In our hearts. There is lack in our lives because of sin. Sin hinders our prosperity. Just a, just a, a few examples of the suffering cost of sin, but we want to blame God for everything. A few examples of the suffering cost of sin, but it could have been worse. Hallelujah. It could have been worse, church. All the suffering, all the suffering that we go through in this life, that we're witnessing, that we go through day in and day out, it could have been worse. It could have been worse. There's a reason why God has blessed us to live in a suffering world. Blessed us to live in a suffering world. Because the only other option was death. The only other option was death. Was death. 
Either we live in the suffering world or we die. Or we die. Because the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death, and there's no way around that. No way around that. Someone, something had to die. We were all born sinners. That is why the Bible tells us to die to that sinful nature, die to that old man that's within us. We ought to die to that dark heart that we was born with, with that, with that, with that uh, ignorant mind that we were born with. We must die to that nature. A lot of us don't want to realize our true nature. A lot of us only want to see ourselves in Christ. We only want to see ourselves saved in Christ. And we don't even know why we accepted Christ as Savior. Why? Why? It wasn't your sin of, of now that you so badly needed Christ. It's your nature, church. Look with inside yourself. It's your nature. It's who you are inside that God is trying to get rid of. It's not me going and drinking a bottle of whiskey or, 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 or smoking drugs. It's the nature that's in me that God doesn't want to come out. You can be the, the, the greatest saint there is. You can be born of a family, raised and born in the church. But if that nature rises one time, one time, it will destroy you. And people will say, well, they, what happened? There was just a, the, the perfect family. That nature that's still in us. God don't want it to rise up. It will be with us until the day we die. God doesn't want it to rise up. You have to know why you decided to be saved. You have to know your own condition, church. We, we, we look at ourselves as okay. But we will never get it if we look at ourselves that way. We'll never get it. That's why you see many not where you are today. Because they think they're okay. But when that nature rises up in them, they're looking around and something strange and it happened to them. <laughs> we are to suppress it. But we can't do it without Jesus. We can't do it without Jesus. They don't know why they got saved. We got saved from death. We got saved from death. From death. You don't want to be who you used to be. You don't want to be, even if you're the best person in the world, you don't want to be that person. A best person in the world without Christ is still a dark heart. It's still an evil spirit. Let's rethink this thing, church. Let's rethink this thing about our, our, our salvation. We think we, we, we repent of our sins and we're okay. 
But every day we go outside, we struggle because of that sin nature rises up. We forget about that sin nature rises up and challenges us every single day. That's what God is trying to save us from. And unless we see ourselves through Adam and Eve from the beginning, we will never, never appreciate and understand God's compassion and mercy, church. We will never, never. Because soon as man sinned, what happened? <laughs> soon as man sinned against God in that garden, humanity should have been over. It should have ended right there. We shouldn't even be here. We should not even be here. But the compassion of God stepped in. The compassion of God stepped in. John 3.16, it stepped in. Hallelujah. No, I'm sorry. The compassion of God stepped in. And, and then this is what happened in Genesis. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Right then, the compassion of God stepped in with those words right there. When we should have been dead, never existing. Hallelujah. There is a reason, church, for the New Testament. <laughs> There's a reason for the New Testament when man failed to sin, the heart of God instantly saw their condition. Instantly saw their condition. And he had compassion for his people. Compassion. Hallelujah. And his compassion, church, opened the door for his mercy. His compassion. His heart saw our condition. Saw the state of man in that sin. And his compassion opened the door for mercy. And God's mercy appeared in John 3.16. When he said, for God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. God wants to give us life, even if it is in suffering. Because the wages of sin is death. The compassion and, and mercy of God. It's not the blessings of God. The blessing of God is life. We start at that point. That's our starting point of understanding God, is that we have life, church. The wages of sin is death, but the compassion of God prompted him to show mercy. Mercy that we did not deserve. God the Father showed mercy on us when he sacrificed his son on the cross for our sins. God say, I would rather for my people to live a, a life saved in a, in a world of, of, of suffering. Boy, before I let Satan have him in hell. 
I would rather for my people to live a saved life in suffering before I let Satan have them in hell. And we complain about a little suffering here and there. And lastly, Paul explains, even though we're suffering, even though we're suffering, we're told in Christ that we will have trials and tribulations. Expect the suffering. Expect it. Expect those trials. Expect those sufferings. Expect those tribulations. He that is in you is stronger than he that is in the world. No matter the suffering, we are stronger than our sufferings through Christ Jesus. There's no complaining. There's no woe is me. We have life. Paul says this, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time, this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed to us. What doesn't kill you, church, will make you stronger. What doesn't kill you will make you stronger. Somehow I figure God got that. God got that. If your suffering doesn't kill you, church, it will definitely make you stronger. God said it endure. Endure. The pain and suffering that you've been feeling can't compare to the joy that you will have in Christ Jesus. Can't compare. Can't compare. Understand this. The greatest act of God's compassion and mercy is that you are alive. Is that you are alive. That's why his mercies are new every single morning. Every single morning. That's what we must not take for granted. We must not take his mercy for granted. Because his mercy is the beginning of our whole life. Our whole life, church. You don't see many people praising God these days because they take that mercy for granted. They take it for granted. Don't let that be you. We have no say-so over other people, but don't let that be you, church. Don't let it be you. Thank God for his mercy. Thank God for his grace. Thank God that he saw uh, uh, the, the, the sin that was in Adam and Eve, and he had compassion on them. He had compassion on them that led to him having mercy. Mercy. And that mercy is leading us today. Amen? Amen. Let's give God a hand for his mercy, his compassion. Mm. Whatever you're suffering, church, whatever you're suffering with or through, he will not let it be the end of you. He will not let it be the end of you. Understand who you are. Even in Christ, understand who you are. Being in Christ doesn't save us from suffering. Doesn't save us from suffering. 
our goodness, our kindness doesn't save us from suffering. Know that there's people in this world that don't know Christ. And so they're living by that sinful nature. What you see all around this evil that's all around in this world is many people who have no alternative. They don't have no alternative. They don't know Christ like we know him. They don't know who to go to, who to run to when that, when that sinful nature rises up and want to do something evil. They just act. They just act. And we see that all over this world. But when we, in Christ, go out in this world and that sinful nature rises up, we have an alternative to call on the name of Jesus. Call on the name of Jesus. Father, we just thank you right now, Father.